Hey everybody, welcome back to Studio HFL. I'm Larry Powell, your host for this podcast. I'm glad you're back for another interview. I'd like to let you know that this podcast is made possible by the generous support of my new co-sponsor, Messina Covers. David and Erica design and deliver both high-quality customer service and products, both standard and custom. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And Messina is spelled M-E-S-S-I-N-A-C-O-V-E-R-S. They offer their support through Patreon. Patreon is a funding platform where you can offer your financial support to this podcast, and your help will go towards hosting, production, and marketing fees. There are several tiers of support offered, and you can check out how you'd like to support this podcast at www.patreon.com slash studiohfl, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also offer support by providing comments and a rating on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you'd like to receive news regarding interviews, new guests, access to Studio HFL merchandise, please subscribe to the newsletter by going to www.powellmusic.net and click on the subscribe to newsletter link. And of course, Powell Music, P-O-W-E-L-L-M-U-S-I-C dot net. And now, on with the interview. Jose Sebaja, welcome to my podcast, Studio HFL, and I'm going to ask you um, what the HFL stands for. HFL? Yeah, Studio HFL. What's it stand for? It's a trick question. I don't question. know. <laughs> okay, think like, a, think like a trumpet player. Higher? Higher. Faster? Uh, faster and louder. Yes, thank I you guess. very much. You know, I, <laughs> I thought I was being clever when I, when I thought that up. But... Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not that clever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't You're think pretty so. clever. I'm not that clever. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much for joining me on this. Um, I tell you, I've, I've followed your career like a lot of people with uh, uh, the solo stuff and, of course, Boston Brass and uh, your appearance <clears throat> at uh, ITG, which you just mentioned a, a couple of seconds ago. Um, well, you guys brought down the house on that final concert um the band just sounded amazing and uh getting doc up there to uh to play and the whole conga line and all that uh, that was terrific well thank you and and i mean it's it's a pleasure and an honor to be here larry um but when when i was approached to to do something for the end of itg um i wanted people to go away with a taste of miami mm-hmm Oh, you know what? What really happens in Miami? So I, I think that you know the people went away with that taste. So, <laughs> and then Doc coming up on the stage, that was just you know amazing. It, you know, it was just. Did you know that was going to happen? No, no, no. <laughs> he just came up on the stage, and I saw him on the stage. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Not only I admire, you know, like everybody yeah. admires Doc, but I love that man. So. Yeah, that's just fantastic. Yeah. So, um, other than the final concert that week, did you do anything else? Did you do a warm-up class or any kind of session? Um, I played a solo recital. Oh yes, that's right. That's yeah. Right. And then I did a the master class for for the youth. Mm, I guess that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had a great time doing both. Um, I um. I think that. That it's important for us to um, to pass whatever knowledge that we have, or to try to inspire the younger generations, mm-hmm. and it's a responsibility to create um, a love not only for the trumpet but for live music. You know, mm-hmm. nowadays we're suffering a little bit. So, yeah. well, there's there's no, I mean, there's great recordings out there, but you're right, there's nothing uh, to substitute for live music. I mean, the energy yeah. on stage uh, that Saturday night was it Saturday night? Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't record that. Nah, it's 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 amazing because sometimes I'm sorry, I'm getting up. <laughs> um, sometimes um, you listen to a recording and it's fantastic, uh, but then you hear the same thing and you go hear it live at a hall or mm-hmm. live at a concert or live uh, uh, whatever it is that you go hear something live, and and it's just you know it's like 
watching it on 3D <laughs> or 4K or it's just, mm -hmm. just amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, have you been involved with ITG very long? Um, quite a while now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just yeah, curious. I, I, I haven't asked anybody else that question. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what if, uh, <laughs> what, what if no, you just okay. joined this year? But uh, <laughs> no, ITG. Um, I, ITG is a fantastic organization, and and um, and every, every, I try to go every year. Um, even if I'm not performing, mm -hmm. I try to go every year mm -hmm. uh, because it's you know it's the best way to stay current. Um, you see a bunch of friends. And everybody's as crazy as you, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or yeah. crazier. So. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Do you get caught um, up in the exhibits like everybody else too? You know what? I hardly ever go to the exhibits. I I probably go once or twice during the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I I spend most of the time talking to people. <laughs> and you know, the, and then going. Going, going to, to, to sessions, to and concerts, but m mainly I, I spent on hanging out with friends. Yeah. And talking about, you know, trumpet things or non-trumpet things sure. and, you know, yeah. I thought it was a pretty good hang this year. And, you know, that, that middle commons area, everybody had to pass through. Uh, yeah. It was a great, I yeah. mean, you saw everybody there talking yeah. to everybody else. That was great. That's true. That's true. But I, I want to... I, I, now that we're talking about ITG, uh, I want to give a shout out to to everybody who was in both JC um, and, and and all the powers that be at ITG because it just gets better and better. Mm -hmm. And um, and they have managed to 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 organize this monster and to 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 bring it to such an efficiency level. It, it, that it works like like clockwork mm -hmm. so it's 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 pretty impressive um I, i'll tell you oh, i agree you know it's it's a monumental monumental task mm -hmm. uh, to bring mm -hmm. that many people together and yeah. uh, organize that so yeah they've done a great job uh yeah. and uh, i've been to the last three conferences and i would agree it gets better uh, it gets better have you ever been year. to miami well just this past uh july and holy cow it was hot yeah <laughs> but well uh, it's that's a, the hottest the hottest probably the hottest time in Miami, mm -hmm. july and august it's probably the hottest time in miami but miami has a particular vibe to it mm -hmm. that i live in miami for 25 years 26 years mm -hmm. and i've been pretty lucky because i've you know I, I can say that i've been to a considerably big part of the world mm -hmm. and and call me biased, but there is no place like Miami. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, for is, me, it was. It was. It was awesome that ITU was in Miami. That that's not home for you uh, right now, though. No, I'm. I live in Nashville. I, I teach at Vanderbilt University, so I live oh, in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you brought that up. That was. That yep. would have been one of the questions uh, I was going to ask you. How long have you been at Vanderbilt? This is going to be the start of my. Yikes. Fourth year. Oh, congratulations! Third, fourth year. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic place. Um, this town is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, there is so much music going on, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and so much recording. There's a big industry here. Yeah. I work with amazing colleagues. You ever run into um, Steve Patrick down there? I all the time. Yeah, another <laughs> yeah, beast of a Steve, player, right? He's he's great. Yes, Steve is a great friend. He's a great trumpet player, and uh, he stays very busy mm -hmm. down here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but at Vanderbilt, I have you know amazing colleagues, and and it's a really really healthy environment mm -hmm. to be at. So I'm pretty pretty lucky to be there. Mm -hmm. Is that undergraduate and graduate programs there? It's only undergrad. Yeah, only undergrad. Yeah. Which um, I really like. I really like. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a big um. A big believer in the fundamentals of the trumpet, so you know I can really focus on mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm. on on those at, at that level. So what size studio are you talking about? Uh, around twelve. 
10 to 12. Yeah. Yeah, it's a conservatory size of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you have people coming there specifically to study with you, I'd imagine. Well, I guess so. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> well, I say that, but, you know, sometimes people show up at a, at a school not having any idea who they're going to study with. You know, which is... I haven't asked them. Yeah. <laughs> if I ask them, they better say yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to uh, Mary Elizabeth Bowden earlier today, and uh-huh. uh, she's teaching at uh, Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had said something, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want I don't want my students to hear that, or they're all they'll all leave my studio and go to her." Um, <laughs> but uh, she's a she's a fantastic player. I you know I've been amazed by what she has done with uh, building her career. It's mm-hmm. remarkable, um, and she was. She told me she said she's done it all on her own, you know. And, and and now let me let me correct that. I'm sure there's always people around us to help us, but you know she's been the one who's started everything and nurtured everything. And well, that's that's, uh, that's pretty impressive, mm. you know. If, yeah. if you ask me, I mean, it's not easy. To, no, to 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 pick up and go, you know, to yeah. like start from zero, from scratch yeah. mm-hmm. and build a career, a career up mm-hmm. on your own. It's very, very difficult. Well, there's a great segue right there. How did you get started? Well, I started playing the trumpet in Costa Rica when I was about 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started playing the trumpet because, uh, first of all, my mom always had music in the house. Mm-hmm. And, um, so Latin music is full of trumpets everywhere. So I was always in, you know, intrigued by the sound of the trumpet. Mm-hmm. But I was a soccer player. No, no kidding. And, uh, Were you good? Yeah. Was I good? Yeah. I was pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty good. Um, but um, I had a nasty knee injury uh, for, for the age when I was 13 years old. And I couldn't walk for like two weeks. Oh, my gosh. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is not for me. <laughs> so I got a little mm-hmm. disappointed by that, mm-hmm. and I started uh, to look into music more more seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, and that's how I started. I started in the in the youth program of the National Symphony Orchestra mm-hmm. uh, of Costa Rica. Um, I had two two fantastic teachers, Ricardo Vargas and Jorge Duarte, that mm-hmm. they started. They, both of them started up here in the states with uh, Mr. Rapier, mm-hmm. and um, and that's how I started. You know. So you grew up listening to, uh, I, I want to say salsa, but not necessarily salsa, right? I, I listened to a lot of classical music, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, when I started, you know, playing trumpet, I started to listen to a little Maurice Andre. Mm-hmm. Um. I had a tape that had Maurice Andre on one side and had um, Arturo Sandoval and Maynard Ferguson on the other side. <laughs> and then, and that tape, I guarded that tape with my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, back then, you know, you have Walkmans and all that good stuff. Sure. So, yeah. So that's how, I, you know, that, those those were my big influences growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think up to date, I could sing that tape and play that tape. Yeah. You know, from, yeah, I'm sure all of us have those albums that we yeah. we absolutely wore out time and time again. Uh, I hate to say it, um, I had a Herb Alpert uh, album that I listened to a lot. Where but... Herb Alpert was ahead of his time, man. It was great Herb stuff. Albert, yeah, not only that, he's you know the only trumpet player that has had a private plane. <laughs> oh no, kidding. So yeah, so I think he did pretty pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> And he's, you a, know, and he's he, a, a, it's a, amazing because he put he put the trumpet in everybody's radar, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that time. So it's you know he he played a very important role in in, in all our lives, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a visual artist now. He's a sculptor or a painter or both, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's cool. I, I don't know, know if that. he still plays trumpet, but uh, yeah. Very creative, yeah. very creative. But you know, it's uh, I, I'm grateful. Like you, I, I grew up in a house full of music and uh, everything from country and western to uh, the Eagles and Neil Diamond and 
Boston Pops, you know, so it was nice to, oh, wow. to hear, you know, a wide variety. Uh, so, Larry, did things. you grow up up north, or? Well, or did you grow up? up north would be uh, Kentucky. I was born and raised in Kentucky, and I live, oh, okay. I live in Indiana now, okay. uh, Indianapolis. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, but it was one of those things where uh, I had no clue what I was doing for the longest time. You know, I, I just I got a cornet put into my hands in seventh grade, and I didn't have my first lesson until I was a junior in high school. And uh, wow. it was with Vince DiMartino. He was my first teacher. And You couldn't uh, get anybody better? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, uh, wow, I mean, that, was, that was very Amazing. fortunate at the time. And, you know, Vinny's been a lifelong friend now, and, um, I, I, I think he's, uh, he ends up, I think almost every podcast, his name has come up. Well, uh, he's a, he's a force of nature, that man. Yeah, it's, un, it's unbelievable. And, and he's, I, I mean, Beanie is full of nothing but love. Mm-hmm. Passion for music, passion for the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, he loves meals too, so. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good cook too. Yeah. I love being, yeah. yeah. He, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you could talk to any trumpet player uh, in the world and, and say, uh, you ever heard of any DiMartino? And they would say no. Yeah, you know, well, I, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably, if they said no, they're probably <laughs> yeah, <laughs> under, under a rock. Garbage. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. well, um, where'd you go uh, from Costa Rica? Where'd you go from there? From Costa Rica... Um, I went to, I, um, I went to Suwannee Summer Music Center Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I won the concerto competition there. You remember Uh, what you played? That that I I play Eritrean. Uh-huh. And, um, the reason I'm saying this is because somebody reported the performance Mm. and the tape. Uh, my friend showed the tape to Gil Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he was teaching in Miami, and uh, Gil Johnson heard the tape, and asked my friend if he knew my number. And Gil Johnson called me um, in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he called, and I, you know, I pick up the phone, and he says, um, "Hi, this was it." You know, I'm like, first of all, the people are speaking English. I'm like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> Yes, this is Jose. And then he says, this is Gil Johnson. And I go, yeah, right. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then he said, this is Gil Johnson. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And um, and that's how my relationship with, with Mr. Johnson started. Wow. And I went to study with him at the University of Miami. Um, I studied six months in the New York, what was the New York School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I transferred to the University of Miami, mm-hmm. and um, I studied there for about two years. And then I won a position playing principal trumpet in the National Symphony Orchestra in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. I went down there, did that for two and a half years, and while I was down there, I started playing more commercial commercial music. Mm-hmm. Um, then two and a half years later, I stopped, and I came back to the States to continue studying with Mr. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could never finish my degree because I, from there on, I started touring with Ricky Martin. Um, wow. That's, that's yeah. a pretty good for that. That wasn't your first gig, but a first, I mean, that's a huge gig, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was doing a lot of, um, studio work in Miami at the time mm-hmm. when I came back and, uh, and that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've you've done a lot of things where you've been on the road uh, quite a bit. Was uh, touring with Ricky uh, pretty time consuming? Well, yeah, but but it was fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. I, I toured the world with Ricky Martin for nine years. Oh my gosh, nine yeah. years! Nine years, and uh, and they were probably some of the best years of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I I learned a lot about trumpet playing. Um, 
and and how to stay on top of the horn mm -hmm. you know on the classical side while you were away from that mm -hmm. um so it was it was it was it, it was a big 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 um school for me mm -hmm. uh, you know in order to be able to keep up both sides of, of playing mm -hmm. um, together, you know, mm -hmm. happening at the same time. Also, That's... Gil played a big, big role in that because I used to come come back from from the road to Miami, mm -hmm. and you know, he'll he'll have me come in all the time um, and play for him. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's you know quite a split from playing uh, the Ricky Martin pop stuff. Well, I shouldn't say pop, but. Uh, that style of playing to classical. I mean, going from one to the other is not exactly uh, an everyday thing for a lot of people. I mean, being able to maintain your chops <laughs> on both sides, uh, that's pretty demanding. Well, yeah, it, it, it is. It is. Uh, but again, uh, as I said at the beginning, man, I, I, I love I lo all of it. <laughs> not mm -hmm. a lot. All mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's because of fundamentals, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, my teacher was huge in fundamentals, and and I tried to to apply myself as much as I could mm -hmm. in in that field, and that's what kept kept me somewhat being able to go back and forth, you know, sort of in mm -hmm. the middle, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, nine years with Ricky Martin. Mm -hmm. What happened after that? Where'd you go? After that, um, a good friend of mine, Brian Neal, yeah. who at the time, Brian Neal, yeah, who at the time was playing with Dallas Brass, mm -hmm. I told me there was an opening, and if, if I was interested, um, and I told Brian, that, hey, I don't know, man, I've been playing pop for a long time, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, they say, so I went and I played for them, and it worked out, so I started playing with them. Um, at a time that Ricky didn't have much, mm -hmm. he was sort of taking a, a, a sabbatic, and um, I started playing with, with Dallas Brass, mm -hmm. and then um, I played for them for about a year and a half, mm -hmm. maybe. But I, I took six years leave of absence because I I was touring with an artist in Spain too, mm -hmm. Alejandro Sanz, um, and after that I took an audition for Boston Brass. And then that's how that happened. And you've been with him ever since. Yeah. How, how many years is that? Uh, it's gonna be fourteen years in September. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's been fantastic. a while. That's fantastic. It's been a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I may have to edit part of this out because I, I don't know the timeline. But uh, was Sam part of the the group while you were there? Sam Palapian. Sam, um, Sam came into the group five years ago, mm -hmm. five years ago, and musically and artistically, the last five years of my life have been the most rewarding mm -hmm. years of my life mm -hmm. because of Sam. Um, Sam, you know, it was force of nature. Sam is the never ending teacher. Mm hmm as well as the never-ending student. Mm -hmm. um, Sam will always have questions to everything uh, to learn, mm -hmm. and, and Sam will always have answers to most of the things. <laughs> and if he didn't know the answers, he would go look them up, and mm -hmm. he would learn about it, and he'll come back with an answer. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, you know, I met Sam in 2000. And we have been we have been in touch, on and off. Um, I was always trying to get him to coach me and 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 help me out. Mm -hmm. um, and he was always you know so given mm -hmm. and, and, and amazing at, at, at that. So um, he joined the group five years ago, and it was funny because uh, we had an opening for tuba, and he asked me. Hey man, so I hear you're looking for a tuba player, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, who do you have in mind? I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, we're gonna ask you to, to you know, tell us who's out there because you know everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. So 
tell me about the group. So I told him about the group. Um, and you know, I finished and he says, I want to play. <laughs> and I look at him like, oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he was kidding, you know? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, hey, man, I still come <laughs> play. You know that, right? I'm like, it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> not that. He said, you really want to play? Like, yeah, what did I say? <laughs> so that's how he, yeah. He, he was like, don't tell anybody for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we can we can tell the guys. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, that's how he joined the band. But it's, I think for all of us, for everybody in Boston Brass, the best five years of mm-hmm. of our musical career mm-hmm. were with Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I talked to, uh, well, at ITG, I talked to Brian Neal um, a little bit. And uh, just a couple of days ago, I talked with uh, Jeffrey Kernow. Yeah. And, uh, and Mark Reese, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, even though Mark and Sam weren't in Empire at the same time together, um, you know, it's a, Sam had an effect, kind of like we're talking about Vinny and his effect on the trumpet world. Yeah. I mean, Sam had uh, what I see as just this effect on everybody that he came in contact with, every uh, every musician. And boy, I tell you, um, yeah, what a loss. You know, I, I know oh, yeah. the, the, yeah. he's going to be yeah. missed for a long, long, long time. Well, I, I tell people that, you know, <laughs> your life was one before Sam and one after Sam. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've, I've never met anybody who is more passionate about teaching, mm-hmm. more passionate about music, mm-hmm. more passionate about just the human element of music. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just it, 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 traveling the world with Sam was like traveling the world first of all with your best friend <laughs> and the best teacher you could ever imagine you know mm-hmm. it, 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 it was incredible mm-hmm. it was incredible i consider myself very very lucky and very blessed yeah that i had that opportunity you know yeah for for me especially because sam and i had a gigantic bun you know we we were pretty pretty tight Mm-hmm. So for me, it was it was very hard, very very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, you don't have time. You have to pick up the pieces and go, mm-hmm. because that's that's what he taught you. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. So it, it's it's still to this day. There's no day that goes by that I wake up. And I'm doing something, and boom, there is Sam. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned something from that from that particular incident, or that particular thing that just happened, mm-hmm. or I run into something that I learned from Sam, or you know, it's just, and it'll never stop because he was such a gigantic mm-hmm. figure in every every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Um. Well. Yeah, well, hard to follow, you know, conversation thinking about somebody like that. But, uh, yeah. um, but you're right. You know, Vinny has the same sort of the same aura in the in the trumpet world. Mm-hmm. You know, Vinny Vinny is a person that has influenced so many people, mm-hmm. and and it, it, it is amazing. You know, I don't, well, I don't, you know, and every time I see Ben, I see Vinny. Every time I see Vinny. He is more passionate about the trumpet and about music than the time before. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's an, an incredible learning experience every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan Anthony is another, uh, and of course, an inspiration in in very different way. Uh, you know, fighting uh, the cancer that he has, and uh, I mean, he's a great player to begin with, great person, but. Uh, I was telling people, I don't know that I've ever seen a community come together the way the trumpet community has come together uh, because of this, you know, and Cancer Blows has really, uh, it's done a great job, I think, of uh, rallying the troops, uh, getting everybody aware. Uh, Ryan is, is like a brother to me, man. And, and... 
I mean, Ryan is from another planet. <laughs> He's not from this planet. Mm -hmm. That that guy is not human. Mm -hmm. You know, he he has a force and 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 this this strength and this courage, um, that that is gigantic. You know, mm -hmm. that is bigger than anything I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And yes, the trumpet community is way better because of Cancer Blows and because of Ryan. Mm -hmm. I believe so. You know, just as an example, you, you go to ITG. Bef before all of this, it was a different vibe. Mm -hmm. Now ITG, it's, it's, everybody is like, you know, it, it, everybody's in their place you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah nobody's trying to do anybody nobody that they, all, all of that attitude and, and, and things from the past don't seem to be there uh, as much <laughs> now and i think it's 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 in in, in big part because of ryan and the impact yeah. that ryan has had um in in everything and i'll tell you what uh, his family it's amazing too Nikki and the kids, yeah, you know they've gone through so much, yeah, and they do it with a smile on their face, yeah, and they just keep piling through, and, and I just can't say enough about them. Mm -hmm. And so if if you're out there and you don't know much about uh, the struggle of, of Ryan Anthony and his foundation, Cancer Blows, check it out and please donate. Yeah, um, there, there there's not gonna be. <laughs> A dime better spend than that in your whole life. I agree. I agree. In fact, I bought uh, one of the one of the single trumpet bags from the booth. You know, I thought I don't I don't need another trumpet case. <laughs> but you know, well, I knew it was worth it's worth the uh, uh, the money's going to the right place. You know, I, I walked away with a cancer blows uh, single bag and. Well, uh, but you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because James and I were hanging out. And then he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, we don't need another trumpet case, but we're going to go get a trumpet case, right? And oh, that's like, funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so we went, and we got a single trumpet case. Yeah. I got a hoodie. I got a, a bunch of things, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. a fight that mm -hmm. we all, all need to fight with mm -hmm. Ryan. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be there with him and for him mm -hmm. and, and, yeah, and I send I send if he hears this I send him my love. Well, you know? I'm I'm scheduled to talk to him in two days. Yeah. So, well, please uh, send him my love. I'm sure it's him at the end of the month. Yeah. But send him my love and tell him he's my hero, Absolutely. even though he knows he knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the middle of the episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you with the support of Messina Covers. They offer some standard and custom designs of trumpet bags, mouthpiece pouches, and more. And their customer service is excellent. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And now, back to the interview. So let's uh, shift gears a little bit, if we could. Uh, talk a little bit about Boston Brass. Um, what kind of... Oh, when you first joined the group... Um, did you know much about it? Had you heard them before? Had you? Well, did I you know. Just... I knew that it was an it was a great group. That's all I knew. I knew there was a fantastic group that that everybody looked up to. Um, that that um uh, that the level of playing was really high and and that that's about it. I knew. Uh, that Rich Kelly was playing at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know Rich Kelly, you gotta check out Rich Kelly. Rich Kelly is a beautiful trumpet player. Yeah. Um, he can play probably anything. One of the, yeah, probably one of the most talented people, or the most, not most talented people you ever meet in your yeah. life. Yeah. And on top of that, he's the nicest person ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's Rich Kelly. Mm -hmm. Um. So if if you don't know who he is, you gotta check him out. Go check him out. Um. So Rich was playing. In, uh, in the band at the time and he decided that he wanted to get off the road so they had an opening and I, they heard two other trumpet players and myself and they lost the bet and I got the job <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're going to have to elaborate on that what do you mean lost a bet 
No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay, so, okay. <laughs> okay, I thought maybe there had been something there. No, no. I always say that. It's like, yeah. how did you get that? How did you get it in here? Gotcha. They love the bed. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, do you guys memorize your shows? Um, we used to have the whole show memorized. Um, lately, we're getting back to that. But we keep switching tunes, so it's difficult to be switching yeah. tunes all the time. Yeah, and and and, and memorizing them. Mm -hmm. um, so the tunes that we play most of the time, we have them memorized, mm -hmm. and the tunes that are in rotation, um, uh, you know, mm -hmm. some of some of us have them have them memorized, some of some mm -hmm. of us don't. Um, but uh, but we try to do most most of the stuff that we do by memory, or yeah. at least trying not to look at the music. Do you do I any of the arrangements, or write new um, original writing? Yeah, the most of the arrangements were when Sam was there were made by Sam, mm -hmm. by uh, Chris, the horn player, and mm -hmm. myself. Yeah, and then we still play some stuff from J.D. Shaw, mm -hmm. uh, who was a big part of the band. Uh, and, and um, yeah, but we try to keep everything in house. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the Boston Brothers right now it's very it's a very cool group because uh, we try to keep literally everything in house, mm -hmm. even our CDs. Like I engineer the CDs, mm -hmm. um, I edit the CDs, I mix the CDs, and uh, I just send them out to get mastered. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's pretty cool. And it, it, it sets a good example for the younger generations about where, where things are going, mm -hmm. you know, in, in this day and age. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we try to play a lot of things by, by memory mm -hmm. in the show. I believe that it's, it's a better communication with the audience. Sure. Um, and and it's, uh, we serve the music better that way. I remember when I started doing a little bit of arranging, uh, I had to remind myself uh, to not put the melody in the first trumpet part <laughs> all the time. All right? the time, yeah. You gotta, you gotta learn to spread the, yeah. spread the love, spread the wealth. Spread the love. That's right. <laughs> and then you, you also want to make it to the end of the show. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know the question I was going to ask. Where'd you pick up the uh, the studio skills? The the uh, editing, the man. Well, you said you send it out for mastering, but. Where did you uh, where'd you learn to do all that? Well, I've been in, I've been recording, doing commercial recordings since I'm nineteen years old. Mm -hmm. So I've been in the studios a lot. Yeah, but it's one a thing lot. to be on, you know, the one side of the mic and another to be in the booth. Yeah, but I'm a pest. <laughs> so I would keep ask, asking questions and, uh -huh. and 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 I would stay. You know, make friends with engineers and stay afterwards and check out what they were doing. And they mm -hmm. were kind enough to let me see that that mm -hmm. part of the pro the process. Um, and I just decided one day I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, there's a there's a of course a learning curve every time. Oh sure. You know? uh, and 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 you keep learning and. and and making mistakes and learning, mm -hmm. but uh, but it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It is fascinating, and it's you know, it's just think about how much money it saves the group. <laughs> well, wait, uh -huh. you didn't charge him for all? <laughs> no, no, man, I'm not gonna. I know, I'm, I'm kidding. Well, um, <laughs> let's go back to Ricky Martin. Did you uh, yeah. did you record with him? I recorded in some albums. I recorded and soundloaded. Um. I remember the other. I remember the title of the other album I recorded, and then I re lately I, re I recorded like two years ago in another album mm -hmm. um, uh, with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what but about Dallas Brass? Dallas Brass. I, I I don't think I ever recorded an album mm -hmm. with Dallas Brass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think I did. No, I don't think I did. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Anybody ever ask you to outside of Boston Brass? Anybody ever ask you to uh, produce one of their their albums? A couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I'm just I, thinking I, there I, there might be a whole new career for you right there, right? Well, yeah. I, I it's 
difficult right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's difficult. I don't, I don't have enough time to to do that mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I spread myself very thin as it is mm-hmm. um, with the group, with the university, um, with with the you know the little bit of solo solo that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, you know, I, I started to do more stuff in town, recording, and, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I need to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to put time aside to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can be busy all the time. I don't remember the year, um, and, and I, I could have sworn I ran into you at a St. Louis Symphony audition. I don't know. 10, Probably. 12, 15 years ago. Do you, did you ever recall taking an audition for? Yeah, of course. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I remember you coming into the, you know, the, the big room where they put everybody at the beginning. And uh, I looked and I thought, well, I've got no chance. <laughs> you know? Oh, come on. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was, you know, there's such a mind game with auditions, anyways. It's like I didn't auditions need. Auditions are the auditions are auditions are really funny. Auditions are funny, funny. Yeah. Um, there's a whole, a whole different mindset for auditions, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. Well, I, I what about the the uh, national was it National Orchestra of Venezuela? Yeah. What what was involved in the audition process for that? Well, I pretty much recorded a tape and sent them down because they want they you know they wanted to hear people from the state. So I sent a tape. I sent mm-hmm. it down, and they liked the tape. And you know, I went there for I guess it was a trial for a week or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You enjoy um, the orchestral playing? Do you miss it? I at all? do. Yeah. I do. Well, I I miss playing Mahler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I don't miss counting bars. Tell you that much. You know, <laughs> That's I, what the second I, trumpet player is for. I don't I don't miss that. Well, yeah, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss that, man. And and it, I was getting to a point when I was playing an orchestra where I was when I was I was not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I was not enjoying it uh, because let's face it, you don't play big works every week mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so uh, yeah so yeah I, I was i would start to get in a bad mood and, and yeah and and i was like maybe you know i should i should try to do something different mm-hmm. you know i love i love orchestral playing you know i really respect orchestral playing um but i think it'd be difficult for me to be in an orchestral job. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be hard for me to... Well, you know, it's like there are... You found your niche, right? I mean, with Boston Brass and with teaching, I mean, that's that's uh, that's keeping you happy and, and content right now, right? Yeah, and I like commercial music too, so a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a studio at home too, so I record a lot of commercial music here at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I like soloing, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I, I, th- I think that, you know, between all of that, I keep myself you know, happy. Mm-hmm. So musical. let's talk about the solo stuff. Are you talking like improv or, uh, written, written no, no, solos? Like, like solo, like playing solo in front of ensembles or solo, mm-hmm. um, with bands or, or orchestras, mm-hmm. um, or recitals. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually working on a on a, on my next solo CD, but I don't want to say anything. <laughs> It'll be sort of a surprise. <laughs> it's a, a little bit of. of I, I want to do a CD that is a little bit of of what I am, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. So, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm actually working on writing some arrangements and and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just thinking about uh, <laughs> producing your own solo CD. You know, so record, then run into the booth and listen. You know, go back now, and play again and then for, go to the booth. For yeah. my solo CD that, that I released a year ago, 
um, I had an engineer. Yeah. Then, and then I did all the editing though. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we sort of did the mixing together. Mm-hmm. But for for the capturing of the recording, I didn't want to have to do that. Yeah. On my solo CD. Yeah. Yeah. You remember the first time you ever heard your yourself on uh, on a recording? Oh yeah. It's like it's like the first time you hear your voice on a yeah. recording. It's, oh yeah. It's the worst, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. Tell you that much. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I gotta practice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was in tune. I thought that was in time. Yeah, right. We're nowhere close. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny because. It was, I, it was actually a salsa. My first professional recording, it was, it was salsa. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was funny because the first tune that we recorded, it happened to be one of the biggest hits in Venezuela. It was, yeah. For, mm-hmm. a, for a kid, kid band called Salserin. And the tune was called the Sola Sol, and this thing was huge in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to listen to that on the radio all the time. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, I don't like mm-hmm. that. Well, I don't like that. Well, I didn't really like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was tormenting for a long time. But that's okay. It's all good yeah. now. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh... You know, even I, I tell my students to record themselves. Uh, you got to do this. You got to listen back. You know, it's the best way to, to improve yourself. And, and I still have the hardest time. I cringe. You know, I, I, it's a good thing, uh, you know, I don't make my living uh, as a soloist like that. You know, there's just, that's really putting yourself out there. Um, well, but I think, Larry, it, 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 it's, 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 it's important. Oh yeah, I agree. It's so important to to get past that point. You understand what I'm saying? Oh because yeah. Because it's like yeah, yeah, man. Because it's like okay, you know, I know what I do wrong and I know what I do right. So after you get past that point, then everything else is learning. It's positive. You know, oh, I know. Such a, it... Yeah, such a positive experience. Um, <laughs> I remember when I started doing that. And that that feeling that you describe happened for about three months mm. or four months, mm-hmm. and then one day I, you know, I was like, "This is the same thing that I do in the studio. I just do it by myself mm-hmm. <laughs> here, you know." So I, I started I started to focus on the positive and not the negative. Yeah. And then that those 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 feelings started started to go away, at least for me. Yeah. You know, um, I tell my kids all the time, you know, you got to record yourself and you got to record the samples you have, mm-hmm. and you'll start to learn. Your ears are gonna grow because you're gonna start to learn to hear yourself in a different way when you play on your own, and you're gonna learn how to how to sort of ignore yourself while you're playing in a group. For the better of the group, when you're trying to improve, what you know the group mm-hmm. while you're listening to it and taking notes without without focusing on your part, mm-hmm. that's a whole different set of skills orally that that, mm-hmm. that they need to train. Um, so yeah. Well, I, I didn't say I didn't do it. I just I still don't like it. <laughs> you know, no, I know, I know. Yeah, I know, but I know. it's <clears throat> so. Um. Well, you've been at Vanderbilt now, um, teaching. Well, you said four years. You've been you've been down there. Four years. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a big basketball school too. I know baseball too. And uh, I am a huge University of Kentucky Wildcat fan. Uh oh. So, <laughs> well, I grew Uh-oh. up in Kentucky, man, and you know that's where Vinny was when I when I met him. And that's uh, right. Yeah. That's right. And of course Plus, now uh, Jason Dole. Jason teaches there now, right? Right. Jason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. I love Jason. Um, you know he's he's got some serious enthusiasm for trumpet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. And, and fantastic. I love what he's doing with the Baroque 
trumpet too, building the mm-hmm. Baroque studio there at, uh, mm-hmm. at UK. Is that anything you're interested in? Baroque trumpet? Well, I've never really tried it. I've never gotten serious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I should. I mean, I don't well, think Ricky's going to ever ask you to play it on stage, but... Uh... <laughs> anyway, you never know. <laughs> you never know, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but um, I think it's, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah. But, but I've never really dug into that. Yeah. So who, Have you? Who, uh, who inspires you these days? Who do you listen to? Man. I try to listen to everybody, man. Yeah? Yeah, there are so many people out there, mm-hmm. you know, playing great trumpet. You know, you, you have the usual suspect, you know, you, you have Wynton Marsalis, mm-hmm. or you have, you know, of course, Arturo Sandoval, you know, then you have Sergei, you know. That was but, ridiculous, by the way, that oh, yeah. what he played. Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Jens, Ryan, mm. Rex, Alan Vizzuti, you know, uh, and then you have in the jazz in the jazz world you have a guy like Mike Rodriguez who is out of New York, mm-hmm. who's playing great trumpet, you know. Um, there's a, a lot of people out there, man, mm-hmm. that 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 are playing great. Pacho Flores is, is playing great trumpet. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, man. There's so many people, so many people out there mm-hmm. that 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 play that play fantastic, and they have so much to offer, mm-hmm. and there is so much to learn from them. Um, but that's in in, in in trumpet terms. Um, I I like to listen to a lot of singers. I like to listen to to Placido Domingo a lot. Mm-hmm. There is a singer. A, a pop singer, his name is Luis Miguel, um, who who I listen to a lot. He's a great, great, great performance, great performer, great, great artist, mm-hmm. and and he really delivers mm-hmm. a melody. This guy is amazing. Um, so I, I I try to listen to a lot of of singers, you know, um, uh, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One of my first experiences, uh, live experiences, uh, was in high school, and uh, they took us to hear an opera. And, uh, you know, of course, I had this big stereotype that, uh, you know, that everybody has with opera. Dry and boring, and, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yes, you know, she dies at the end, and she sings for 20 minutes about her death, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, But it was a lasting, uh, had a lasting effect on me. And, you know, I still think about that. Oh my gosh, that's been, that's been almost uh, 40 years ago. Wow. And like I say, one of the first live experiences I had. And, you know, I, just, I still remember, I think I was amazed that a voice could carry over an orchestra mm-hmm. across the stage and out into the audience the way it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I'm still, I'm a big fan of, uh, of great vocalists. Um, and opera specifically, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe that's, uh, I know Sergei is that way listening to, uh, uh, great violinists. Of course, mm-hmm. he, you know, he talks about, mm-hmm. uh, Dogschitzer as well, but I just, uh, oh, he talk about somebody that uh, he, I used to listen to him when I was a kid too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Does. Yeah, he was something else, man. <laughs> he had a, a way with the trumpet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, a way to phrase it, a way to play the trumpet. There was, yeah, there was just fire in it. You know, it was incredible to yeah. listen to him play. Well, the same thing with Rafael Mendez, you know. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, of course. But, yeah. uh... So, who who do you listen to? Like, who are your favorite? Oh, my favorites? Opera singers, yeah. Oh, opera singers. Uh, I don't know if he's still singing, but uh, there's a bass, uh, Samuel Ramey, mm-hmm. uh, huge bass voice. And I remember uh, hearing him with uh, uh, Don Giovanni, uh, mm-hmm. Mozart Don Giovanni. And I, I thought, 
uh, once again, uh, it was just, it was gorgeous. Um, uh, oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm drawing a, uh, Barbara Bonnie, I think, uh, there's some Mahler song cycles that I'm a really big fan of, mm-hmm. uh, and Schubert song cycles, uh, and not so much the singers, uh, individual names, but, uh, it's just beautiful writing. And, you know, when it comes to phrasing, I think there's no better way to learn how to phrase than by listening, uh, to things like that. Listen oh, yeah. to oh. where where the consonants uh, fall, where uh, that's just yeah. you know, th- and, and, when, and then you stop thinking like a trumpet player, right? Yeah, exactly. But ultimately, that's what we want to imitate. Yeah, we want to imitate the human voice when we play the trumpet. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't want to sound like a trumpet. I don't want to sound like a trumpet. You know, uh, I, I want to try to sound like a singer when I play. Yeah, um, and. and I, I I think that, especially for younger players, it's very important that they start listening to music, mm-hmm. uh, like that. You know, to, to, to start. There's a difference between hearing music and listening to music. Oh, I agree. <laughs> so it's important for them yeah. to start to listen to music, in a way where they can develop a concept of phrasing. Yeah. And a concept of music itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big believer of, yeah. of that. Well, and, you know, I, I think one of the first times I ever watched a video of Yo-Yo Ma playing, and it was a Bach unaccompanied cello suite, and I watched him breathe. Mm-hmm. I watched the way he, he moved with the bow, and I thought, he's not just playing the notes. He's it's He's singing. He's phrasing. Okay. He's and every bit of that was, uh, you know, like you were saying, you don't want to be sound like a trumpet. You know, he I don't think he wanted to sound like a cello. I think he wanted yeah, to sound like uh, like a singer. And, you know, that's boy, the tough part, though, Jose, right, is getting our students <laughs> to recognize that. Right. And uh, well, I think there is there is. And, and, and here is where I, what I was saying at the beginning that it's so important for us to try to keep younger students or younger generations motivated about live music. Mm-hmm. Because when they go to a live concert of any sort, there there is there is a part of, of that performance that will touch them. Mm-hmm. And will change the way they think about music. Mm-hmm. Um, and will motivate them to start researching into the music itself and not into only the technique and 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 the physique and and of the instrument right or or, or the or the method of playing the trumpet mm-hmm. um so that's why you know I, I think it's so important for us to to motivate younger generations and to to start you know with, with, I, I like to talk on the stage a lot mm-hmm when I am doing a solo recital or when I am even doing a solo performance or when I am with Boston Brass, I think that the communication with the audience is it's, it's fundamental. Mm-hmm. You know, because, because, first of all, because there are younger musicians there that they need to see the human element of music. That what we do is a privilege Mm-hmm. to us not to the people that come we need to be honored and feel honored of what we are doing so um, it's important for me at least uh, to create a bridge between the audience and myself to help them relax mm-hmm. because if you think about the people that are there some people yes are people that are concert goers and you know they'll be you know hopefully keep going to listen to concerts mm-hmm. but there is an, an amount of people a percentage of people in the audience that have never been to a concert before mm-hmm. and they're probably more nervous than you are <laughs> i never thought about it that to, way i don't know what to expect <laughs> yeah yeah you understand what i'm saying yeah exactly so my goal as a performer, first of all, is for them to have a great time musically and then 
for them to feel invited to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the best way how I know how to do it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, of course, playing the trumpet, but also talking to them and 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 have, have having them relax a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that this is okay. They're gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the um, idea of breaking down that fourth wall. You know, I love. Yeah. You know, Canadian Brass, I think, was one of the first groups to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, Ronnie Rahm is just a master of mm-hmm. uh, of that, and, and Chuck Dallenbach. Um, and it's, I think you're right, when you when you break that wall down, when you invite them in, uh, it makes everybody a little more cozy, a little more comfortable. Uh, but I, I do that, too. It, it makes it easier for me to perform. Of, of course. Larry, and then you could be performing the most obscure and abstract work if you explain to the people what this work is about. They will understand and they'll have a good time. But yeah. if you don't, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, I'm ready yeah. to go home. Yeah, you, I am you too. Know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, at least that's my belief. No, I, I'm with you. And I think the, yeah. you know, it would do a lot more of us good uh, if we took that kind of approach. You know, even if you are going to play some really academic piece, um, I think it's still important. That communication is even probably more important. I, I think that, that I think that the orchestra will have a better chance of filling 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 the halls if if they did that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I have I I've seen it with Giancarlo Guerrero in here in Nashville. Yeah. You know, he has thirty minutes. Um, like the if the concert is at eight, he'll go out at seven and give a talk uh-huh. about the concert. And then after the concert finishes, the people that want to stay, he'll do a short Q and A. And if you go to a concert in Nashville, you see a variety of an audience like you never see anywhere else. Uh-huh. You see. Kids from high school, all the way to retired people, and they pack the hall. Wow. Yeah. So, I think it's very important. Yeah. Of course, he's a master of programming too. It has to do with it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that that has a lot to do with it too. And the human connection that they feel with with the conductor, which in this case because it's an orchestra. And and then how he invites them into his world and the mm-hmm. world of the musicians, you know, it's not the attitude of okay, you can look over my shoulder and see what I'm doing. <laughs> it's completely different. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So have you gotten a chance to sub with the Nashville Symphony? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, another fantastic orchestra. Yeah, and and, and the guys in the trumpet section, they are. A class act, yeah. All of them, yeah. Fantastic players, and they're—I mean, they can be any nicer people. Occasionally, yeah. I go down to uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, to uh, Orchestra mm-hmm. Kentucky, and I've—I've I've subbed with that group. And uh, some of the Nashville guys have come up uh, to play. You know Jeff Bailey. Time. You know Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff in is fact, an the first trumpet player, a fantastic trumpet player that people need to check out too. Well, and the first time we played together, we were both playing uh, off stage on uh, on Pine. No, it wasn't Pines. Pine. It was. You uh, check? No. Uh, oh my gosh, um, Requiem. Oh, Birdie. Yes, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. So, me and my group were way up in the balcony, and then there was another uh, down on uh, off to the side on the main floor, and Jeff and uh, I think Steve Patrick may have actually been been mm-hmm. there for that one too, but. Yeah, they are. They're all great guys. Terrific players. I, I play, um, we have a brass quintet at Vanderbilt. And, um, and and Jeff plays trumpet with me there. Oh, that must so be that's, nice, that's, yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. We have a, a, a good yeah. time. Well, I have a good time. I hope he has a good time, too. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. He says he does. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Jose, um, you know, I I love doing the interviews, um, but I think I don't, I don't want to give everything away in one uh, in in one session. Um, but I'd like to wrap up, 
and maybe come back, uh, you know, later at some point and pick up the conversation and, and talk more. Uh, It'd be my pleasure, Larry. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, and, this has and, been, it's been a real treat. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Thanks yeah. so much. And, and, um, for everybody who is out there, uh, practice with a metronome and a tune. <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep us honest, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you thank you. So, so many problems uh, yeah. in the long run. <laughs> thank you so much for everything you, uh, everything you do with Boston and, and, uh, students Vander, at Vanderbilt and, uh, you know, it's a it's a pleasure to be part of the trumpet community with you. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. The feeling is mutual, Larry. And thanks again for the opportunity, man. All right. We'll talk you. some more in the future. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank All you. Right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to today's interview. I hope you enjoyed your time here, and please come back for more interviews. Be sure to share the news of this podcast with friends and colleagues and give me a rating on whatever platform you get your podcast from. Thanks again to Messina Covers for co-sponsoring this podcast. Don't forget that you too can be a supporter. Check out how at www.patreon.com slash studio HFL. And one more reminder that you can sign up to receive news via email regarding new episodes, merchandise, and more by going to palmusic.net and clicking on the subscribe to newsletter link. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back for more great interviews.